This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Tell how to back on the fan. While you were sleeping, started the show talking about both the Mets and the Yankees having positive weekends. And really, I guess just overall, we got into the baseball new rules and all that stuff, the timing of the games and the pitch clock stuff, all that. But for me, about two things with the Yankees. It was about the power, and you see Judge Homer yet again, and I'm thinking as he's rounding the bases, man, is this the greatest power hitter that I have ever seen? I'm not going to go over the history and all that stuff, but just from watching with my own eyes as a baseball fan since the mid-'80s, is Judge the greatest home run hitter I've ever seen? I've always said Bonds is the best player that I've ever seen, and McGuire was the best home run hitter. But Judge is definitely in that conversation, if not better than McGuire, especially when we know you know, about the PEDs and stuff like that with McGuire. But as I'm thinking that, two batters later, John Carlos Stanton comes up and mashes a home run, and I'm not sure I've ever seen a ball hit further than Stanton hit is. The further father thing is driving me nuts. Anyway, Stanton crushes a ball that you know, they measured at 485, and who knows what the measurements and, and all that, but... Man, watching that ball and where it landed in the second level in center field, just an absolute bomb. And the Yankees, that's what they do with power. When they're going well, they've got power that will wreck a game. Unfortunately, we haven't seen it in the postseason enough. But when we see it, and that's that's the problem, right, is that this carry, this regular season power doesn't carry over in the postseason or hasn't carried over in the postseason form against better pitching. Oh, speaking of pitching, Johnny Brito was nasty. Five scoreless for him, allowing just two hits, striking out six. Brito, though, just looked good. Forget the numbers. You could tell by watching him. Every pitch he threw had movement to it. He was nasty. You know, maybe Brito can be what we thought Severino would be or what Severino was at a certain point or what we thought Davey Garcia might be. Johnny Brito, a young arm kind of coming out of nowhere for the Yankees, and he was nasty. Through his five innings. Yanks get the win. They take two of three from the Giants over the weekend. The Mets also win their series. They take three of four from the Marlins. Two things that stood out from this series. Number one, I think the Mets are good. And they remind you why they were so good a year ago. They don't beat themselves. They put the ball in play. They can pitch. They can hit. They can field. Uh, They make contact. They do all the little things. They have a great manager. And they win series. And you forget because of the way that it ended last year, getting swept by Atlanta, which just is even more shocking thinking about it because, you know, let alone – they didn't lose many series, let alone get swept. I mean, it's ridiculous. And then they lose in the wild card round to the Padres. So that left a bad taste. But you're reminded quickly this year of why the Mets are a good ball club. 
uh, was also reminded of how badly the Marlins suck. I mean, they're the exact opposite of the Mets. Talk about the Mets catching and, and throwing. The Marlins can't do any of that. So uh, they're just not very good. But anyway, the Mets take three of four, and they do it in different ways. They do it with consistent offense from different players, which is nice. Tommy Pham had the big day yesterday, getting the start in center field for Brandon Nimmo. Three hits, drove in three, had a home run. Pham's a solid fourth outfielder. Mark Canna did it the night before, where Canna, again, uh, a guy who on any given night can step up and, and and contribute. And this is helpful when you don't have Lindor or Alonso going, as they're not early on. So the Mets winning three out of four, even with Alonso and Lindor um, doing minimal damage thus far. And then Kodai Senga, you know, we talk about Brito making his major league debut. Kodai Senga, who got himself in some trouble, had a 2 nothing lead early on, got himself in some trouble in that uh, bottom half of the first inning, but he got through it. And he settled down afterward, and he was nasty. He went five and a third and struck out eight. That ghost fork was a wipeout pitch. And he doesn't have great control, maybe leaving the slider up a little bit, even though it's got uh, good movement and got a nice bite to it. And he's got good velocity. I was impressed with Senga. I like that he battled. I think this is what you're going to see. I don't know if you're ever going to see top-tier dominance, maybe on certain nights, but I think this is basically what you're going to see from Kodai Senga. Roughly six innings. And he'll battle through his starts, work around some trouble with walking some guys, giving up some hits, but maybe minimize the damage. And he did just that in his major league debut, and the Mets get a win, and now they'll head to Milwaukee. Well, they're already there. And take on the Brewers today at 2 as the first of a three-game set, the the home opener for the Brewers, which is why it's a 2 o'clock start, before opening uh, at home themselves on Thursday against the Marlins. The Yankees will be at home tonight against the Phillies. You have uh, old friend Taiwan Walker on the mound for the Phillies, taking on Nestor Cortez. For the Mets, it's Carlos Carrasco going against Freddie Peralta. Knicks make the playoffs. They get a win yesterday, so they clinch the playoffs officially. It's about now just getting that fifth spot, which we kind of feel like is inevitable, even without Julius Randle here down the stretch. going to be about two things for the Knicks, securing that fifth spot and making sure Randle is healthy for the postseason. Rangers also get a nice win uh, against the Capitals as they continue to just play terrific hockey. I know they you know, subbed their toe a little bit against the Devils the other night, but the Rangers have been uh, on fire uh, as of late and just really got to get Lindgren back and get healthy going in the postseason as well. 877-337-6666. Steve is calling from Fairport. Good morning, Steve. Hey, Sal. How are you? I want to talk to you about the New York match, but before I do... I want to thank you, and you know I, I have to get up early sometimes and listen to you, and you're thoroughly entertaining. Your passion's infectious, and I always learn something listening to you. And I got to tell you, Sal, for the longest time I've been confused uh, between further and farther, just like you. <laughs> and it wasn't until Stewart succinctly said, and I think this is a direct quote: "Further is when you're driving in a car, and farther is a baseball." That's when it hit me, you know, exactly the difference between those two. And okay. he just says so he, things with a degree of certainty that yeah. it just cracks me up. And, um, I mean, I laughed. I just laughed when he said that. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, you, know you're, you know I'm in trouble when I have to go to Stuart for clarification on that. And I'm oh, not sure what exactly. to believe after that one. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait till I have a grandson or a grandchild and they're sitting on my lap and I tell them the difference between further and farther, you know, based on what Stuart said. So, so. <laughs> Regarding the Mets, my dad is 91, and I'm blessed that I live close enough to him that I drove over on Thursday. And I think it was either our 45th or 50th uh, opening day together. Um, and 
you know, every opening day, every team has a different feel. Sometimes you know they're going to suck. Sometimes you're up in the air. Uh, this year, it's, to me, and it, tell me if you agree, there, it just seems like heavy, like a heaviness. Like there's an expectation on this team since Cohen took ownership because, you know, when we need a pitcher, we go out and get one. When we need a catcher, we go out and get one. And there are always pieces in place, and there's very little uh, uncertainty, which is part of being a Met fan. So I think the, you know, the frustration you have early on, and I hear it as well, is that people are complaining about everything. I think the call for guys like Beatty and Mauricio and uh, Vientos is you don't know what they're going to do, and there's a little bit of excitement that comes along with that. And the Mets this year, to me, are expected to win the World Series or it's a failure, and there's a heaviness to this season that I don't think I've felt before and was wondering what you thought about that. Well, that's a good thing, though, isn't it? I mean, you want those expectations, Steve, where it's World Series or bust. And with that, though, you can't – it is different. The Yankee fans go through it every year. So we're familiar with that from a Yankee fan perspective where it's every year World Series or bust and their team is always loaded and they always make the playoffs and then it's just a matter of getting through the postseason. For the Mets, it's different because we're talking about a franchise – that in their history has made the postseason in back-to-back years twice. I mean, think about how ridiculous that is. So it is new, and maybe there is a a heaviness to it, but, I mean, don't you just trust that this team is going to be good? You you shouldn't have to be calling up after four games, writing off Escobar for the year, and already calling for Beatty. Like, there was a lot of positive over these four games. At least that's how I felt. And the one negative is that, yeah, Escobar has stunk, and everybody's going to want to focus on bringing Beatty up as if he's the answer. And you're right. It's the new toy. It's the unknown. It's the prospect. That's why you get excited about it. But right now... Yeah, it's Mackie Sasser, and you're wondering whether or not he's going to be able to throw the ball back to the pitcher. You know, and and that then, kind of. But what happens? So then, what happens though, Steve? When they bring him up, then what? Like it's the same thing we talked about with Darren Ruff, right? right? The Mets, the Mets released Darren Ruff. Okay, so my argument was, now what? What, what does that mean that they're going to win the World Series? No. So now what? Naturally, what happens is they turn their attention to Eduardo Escobar, and now it's get Escobar out of here and get Beatty up, and then it'll be something else. So, and, and what if Beatty comes up here and struggles? Then what? Exactly. Yeah, I think it's going to be very frustrating for you because I think you're going to kind of hear that negativity all throughout the season until they get into the playoffs and then it's a whole new ball game and i get it and thank you for the call steve appreciate the kind words and appreciate checking in i get it i mean there wouldn't be sports talk radio if it weren't for negativity i mean you got to give nobody's going to call up or very rare that people call up and be like hey what a great series win for the yankees and the mets sal you know generally there's one thing that goes wrong and then we'll take calls on that for three four hours whatever it is Hey, you know what? It really it was fun watching them. It looked it looked nice this week. No, it's hey, Escobar hasn't gotten a hit. Where's Beatty? That's what sells. Or yeah, um Vol- it was exciting to see Volpe and Judge and Stan, but are these guys gonna do it in the postseason? Or do they strike out so much? Or whatever you know, whatever negative angle you wanna pick on. Or oh, how come the Yankees didn't sweep the Giants? Whatever it is. It's usually the negative angle that sells. I get it. However, right now, after the first weekend of baseball, it should not be the Beatty watch. Although I will admit, and I almost sent this out uh, via social media and Twitter, but I'm going to try not to do that this year and just do everything here on the air. Um, But when Escobar struck out, I guess the second time that he struck out in the game midway through the game, 
the first thought that popped into my head was Beatty Watch. The Beatty Watch is officially on. And seconds after it popped into my head, what do you think Gary Cohen started talking about? Exactly that. So obviously I wasn't alone. We're all thinking the same thing. Man, Escobar struggling. Beatty having success early on. It's a matter of time anyway before that happens. But it's not a significant deal at the moment. Baseball's such a long season. And there are going to be ups and downs. There are going to be roster changes throughout. Now, if you want to look at a spot where it is even possible to change on the Mets roster, there's two, third base and DH. I mean, I guess you could throw in left field if you want, but Canna off to a nice start between Canna, Pham, McNeil, Nimmo, Marte. They should be okay in the outfield. But at third base, if Escobar struggles, Beatty's going to be the guy. And at DH, Vogelback, although right now they're mixing in Canna nicely at DH as well, it's not just the Vogelback show, which it shouldn't be. Because guess what? He's not that good. Anyway, they could use maybe another bat there. And things will happen throughout the course of the season, you know, where whether it's the Yankees or Mets, we'll need another arm or a bullpen arm. But these are good teams that we get to watch. And you were reminded of that this weekend. So sure, you can pick apart the negatives. Remember, you know, people, you would think the Mets won 84 games last year. Not even. You would think the Mets won 78 games last year, the way people talk about them. Oh, they collapsed. How could they fall apart? They won 101 games. They tied for the division. They lost on a tiebreaker. Yeah, and then they got beat up in a wild card round. All right, it happens. And the Yankees, in a bad year, in a bad year, they win 90-plus games. Two years ago, oh, my God, what a terrible season. They win 92 games. Yeah, what a terrible season. The intrigue will come for both these teams because they're both so good. The intrigue will come within their own division and trying to secure a bye. That's going to be the intrigue in the regular season. I mean, they should both be playoff teams. And if, I mean, unless something goes horribly wrong, they're going to be in the playoffs. Yankees for sure. And the Mets should be. They're good. You can see why. Their bullpen, even with the Edwin Diaz injury, the bullpen good. Starters solid. And their lineup is pretty deep and effective. Drawing walks, getting on base, putting the bat on the ball. And the Yankees, same thing. Their power is not going away. I mean, they mash you in the regular season. Mash you. And they could still figure some things out. And look, you know, you want to see Volpe get to another level. You know, that's the that, that's the negative thing for the Yankees. For the Mets, it's get Escobar out of here and bring Beatty up. For the Yankees, it's not good enough to have Volpe on the team starting every day at short. It's got to be when's he batting leadoff. When is Volpe? You know, LeMayu's not getting it done. When's Volpe going to hit leadoff? He can't be the ninth hitter. It's absurd. Give it some time. Matt is calling from Jersey. Good morning, Matt. Hey, Sal. How are you today? Good, Matt. What's on your mind? So, uh, this, uh, thanks for taking my call. I I really appreciate uh, your take on the World Baseball Classic and the conflict of interest that these guys are going through accepting these huge contracts and then going and playing for their home country. It just it seems like uh, I'm being made to feel like we're the OGs for thinking that way, that our minds aren't broad enough 
to think on a global level that uh, that the world baseball test is going to grow the game and be the next thing. And I agree with you on the clock and the penalties are way too severe. And my fear is that the automated strike zone is coming. And to me, it's, you know, the pitcher's ability to expand the strike zone is going to take away. We'll never see another 17 strikeout game if that happens. And the relationship between the umpire and the catcher and the pitcher is so, it's just quintessential element of the game and how the game is played. And I, I just really wanted to know your take on the automated strike zone and if you think that's actually going to happen. Because I'll be heartbroken if they take that because it'll just flush all the baseball history right down the floor. I do think it's happening, Matt, and thank you for the call. It, it's coming. The automated strike zone is, is coming. It's a matter of time. You could see that with, I mean, you know, in the last couple of years, you know it's, it's happening, and then you see it even over the weekend with some of these horrific umpires making these terrible calls at home plate. The one on Josh Donaldson from the other day was absurd. Uh, I, I don't know where I'm at on it. I mean, I'm a traditionalist, purist by heart, so I don't want it. I like the human element of the game, but the way that we've gone with replay being what it is, it's just, it's, it's too obvious. They're going to do it. I mean, it's happening and the game is going to further change, further change. I think we got that one right. So get yourself ready for it. I'm not going to love it. Hopefully it is not as bad as maybe we're anticipating it's going to be. You know, my only issue not my only issue, but one of the big issues I've had, and I said this earlier in the show, with the replay system is that it's still not 100% accurate. So if it's not 100% accurate, why are we using it? Why not just let the games be the games and let us complain about calls that go wrong and let managers yell at umpires? Why do we need to break it down frame by frame, second by second, have challenges, where they're still not getting the call right anyway. Nothing is 100% in life. Nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is perfect. And it feels like people want these games to be played out perfectly with the perfect call made on every play. It's not It's not going to happen. It's not like that in life or in sports. With all the replay in football, basketball, whatever, hockey, it's still not 100%. Have calls changed and you know calls been overturned and, and helped teams out sure of course mistakes were found and corrected but not all of them and now you're going to take it a little bit further with the pitch clock with the um robot umps calling strikes every pitch oh that was outside blue no it wasn't look right here on my computer it says that was a strike i, I don't know i just I hate where it's going, but I love baseball, so I'm going to watch. It's like we're watching the evolution of the game now and the difference that we've seen with these new rules being implemented. It's an adjustment. We're getting used to it again. Even with the you know all the new rules and the new format, something that we grew up watching one way our whole lives has changed completely to where I don't even know what the hell's going on anymore. How many teams make the postseason? It used to be easy answer. Division winners, one wild card. Now, who the hell knows? Uh, top two seeds get a bye, I think, and then seven teams overall in each league. Like we're still learning these new playoff formats and new new rules again. 
you know, as for the WBC, and I'm not going to go deep into this thought, but you brought it up. The one thing that I'll say is it doesn't matter what the majority of people think. Whatever you think is your opinion on it. You're entitled to not like it if you don't want to like it. Same with me. I don't. It's not even that I don't like it. I just don't care about it. And maybe it does grow the game globally. Well, why would I give a crap about growing the game globally if I live in the United States of America and watch Major League Baseball? No offense, but that's not my concern. My concern is watching the Mets or Yankees compete in the World Series. We're in the longest drought in New York baseball's history without a championship. The last decade was the first decade without one between the Mets or the Yankees. And obviously the Yankees have significantly more, but the Mets got that one in the 80s where the Yankees didn't have one in the 80s. Helping to keep that streak alive. We're due. We're due for a championship with baseball in this town. That's what I care about. Growing the game globally. That's not my concern. That's people that work at Major League Baseball's concern. And guess what? They should have bigger issues. Like making sure the calls get right on the field. Maybe improving the umpires or improving the the replay system somehow because they're still getting it wrong even with all this new technology that they have. Or worrying about how to fix the pace of play and all that stuff. That, uh, you know, with the pitch clock and, and the violations and all this stuff. Baseball's got bigger issues. But I'm not worried about growing, uh, growing the game globally. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich, the step back three, you bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Sal Licata back on the fan, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. So I don't. Uh, I have not paid attention to college basketball, much college basketball this year, uh, whether it be men's or women's. I know UConn, uh, you know, likely going to win the final tonight, and eh, good for them. Um, just whatever. It, it does really nothing for me. I don't even know if I'm going to watch the championship game, to be honest with you. I mean, I'd rather watch the baseball, so maybe I'll have it on. I don't know. But either way, um, tournament, you know, those who are into it uh, are enjoying it and the upsets and San Diego State, whatever. But uh, I expect UConn to win, as we kind of felt that would be the case after last weekend. Anyway, the more intriguing story for me from college basketball was in the women's final 
yesterday where you had all the drama afterward where I guess every and look I'd be lying if I said I heard of either of these players or knew anything about either of these teams prior to yesterday and I wasn't watching the game but I saw some of the stories on social media and then checked out um you know just reading uh, reading up on it a little bit so Caitlin Clark I guess on uh, the Iowa team is uh, some mega star and uh, she's uh you know it, it had a big elite 8 game to where she was Doing the John Cena, speaking of WrestleMania, doing the John Cena, you can't see me thing after she hit, uh, you know, whatever, a, a bunch of threes. And then in this championship game yesterday, the Hawkeyes, Iowa Hawkeyes taking on the LSU Tigers in the championship. Uh, and Angel Reese for the LSU uh, Tigers team mo- was mocking Caitlin Clark after, you know, Reese uh, had a big game and, uh, you know, Caitlin Clark was going home and LSU won the game. She was doing the the Cena hand gesture. And I guess she's getting now a lot of flack for that. I thought it was awesome myself. Now, I will say that I thought it was a little over the top to where Reese was specifically seeking out Caitlin Clark. Like, it's one thing if you do it and then move on. She was doing the hand wave and was like walking up to Caitlin Clark. And then Clark tried to ignore and move on. And then again, went up to her and was doing it again. So I did think it was a little over the top, but good for Reese. I mean, your team won. You want to get back on, uh, you know, get the trash talk going back the other way. Uh, fine with that. I don't have any issue. And it's becoming such a huge deal. I mean, look, maybe this would be good for the game to grow the game globally. Maybe this would be good for the game. Uh, who knows? But uh, either way, it was uh, Caitlin Clark uh, upset and crying on the podium, and uh, Angel Reese had the last laugh. Getting to do the Cena hand gesture to her. Uh, it added some intrigue for me, at least, watching the uh, watching the story unfold there. 877-337-6666. Vito was in Howard Beach. Good morning, Vito. Good morning, Sal. How are you? Pretty good. What's on your mind? Sal, we talk about Stanton's shot today. I was at a game at Shea Stadium where Mo Vaughn hit the scoreboard, the top of the scoreboard. I also saw, when I was a kid on TV, John Milner hit almost the same spot. I, I can't imagine how far those balls would have went. Yeah, I don't. The, the one I remember as a kid was Strawberry. Uh, used to hit some hit, bombs. Strawberry hit the A and ball on, but but Vaughn's was above that. Do you above remember where, what, what game it was that Vaughn? Because I remember being at a Sunday Vaughan, night Met it was, Yankee it game. It was an Atlanta Braves game. I don't uh, remember who was pitching, but he hit I it remember, and then he hit yeah, the Budweiser Vaughan, sign and came straight down. And then there's the majestic Tommy Agee shot. Do you ever see that spot in the upper level? No. Oh, yes, mark. I did. Yes. Yes, I did. When they had that with the red uh, that, seats that in the upper level. That had to be 500 feet. That's in the upper uh, level at Shea Stadium. Yeah, that and is a bomb. The- now, that you, now that you mentioned I didn't see it, but thinking of how high the upper level is from home plate all the way out in left and field to, there. And to keep it fair and to keep the ball fair, because those balls would travel foul as, the, as they would drift up. And then there's Kingman, who hit it over the visiting dugout. Yeah, I mean, look, you're going over stuff that happened before my lifetime. So I was saying before, Vito, that I I I am. To see a ball hit like that 
at Yankee Stadium, New Yankee Stadium, Old Yankee Stadium, whatever. To hit that on that second level like that was an unbelievable bless. I know that's what John Carl Stanton does. I get it. But my goodness, that was a bomb. Well, Mickey Mantle hit the facade. Again, Vito, can we, again, I understand that. This is before my time. (laughs) What year do you think Mickey Mantle hit the facade? Oh, I, that was even before my time. Yeah, okay, that so even, how are we supposed to reference that? I mean, we're not going to tr- break down every home run here, but I'm, and, and again, I don't want to do the tape measure, the exact measurements of it. Just watching a ball leave a bat and land where it does in or out of a stadium, knowing that not many people, if any, have ever hit a ball where Stanton just hit his yesterday. I mean, that was well, a that's remarkable that's a very, very strong man. Stanton is a very strong man. You'll you'll we'll end up seeing Judge hit a bomb like that too. Yeah, and Judge, look, Judge has hit some majestic shots. And thank you for the call, Vito. Appreciate checking in. The only way I could say it, I mean, look, yeah, do you want to reference Babe Ruth and all the home runs he hit in you know 1925 or whatever? Like, we, we can't. I'm not going to go back that far. I'm just saying, for me personally, it was funny because I was thinking when Judge hit his homer that Judge might be the greatest home run hitter, pure home run hitter. I know he's more than that, but I'm just saying if I break it down into like Griffey Jr. or Bonds or the, you know, Barry Bonds, the best baseball player I've ever seen. Mark McGuire was the best home run hitter that I've ever seen. I think Aaron Judge is now in that category and maybe even ahead for, you know, other reasons too. I I think McGuire would have been a good home run hitter anyway, but the way he would hit him, you know, on the juice was just ridiculous. Anyway, McGuire was the best that I saw growing up. I think Aaron Judge is probably the best home run hitter. The guy just keeps doing it. It's unbelievable. So I think Judge is probably that the best home run hitter that I've seen, certainly since McGuire, and probably better than McGuire. But as I'm saying that or thinking that after watching him hit his second home run of the year, just thinking like, man, this guy's ridiculous. Two batters later, Stan goes and does that, hitting what is probably the longest home run, longest, I've ever seen hit. Now, I'm sure that there's been others that I've watched that have been, you know, a longer distance, technically, measured-wise. But 485, and watching it the way that it came off the bat in that stadium where it landed, it was just an incredible shot from Stanton. That's what he does. And look, I don't like Stanton as a player. He's maddening. I like him as a person. I think Stanton holds himself accountable, is front and center when he fails, which you have to respect. I think he's got the perfect temperament to handle New York. I do not think he's a good baseball player. I think he's a butcher in the outfield. He's a guy who's always getting hurt, and he's a guy who's way too inconsistent for me. And you could say that, yeah, he was clutch in one postseason. All right, fine. We need to see that more often from Stan. Until I see him carry a Yankees team to the World Series, I'm not going to believe in him. I just don't. He's a great home run hitter, sure. And he can wreck a game. But I feel like he can easily be pitched to by good pitching. And... It's almost like he, I swear, I feel like he closes his eyes sometimes. The strikeouts drive me nuts. You know, obviously the double play the other day wasn't good. And he he kind of gets a pass for being clutch because of the one postseason. 
but I'm not sure that, and I know I'm a, a you know harsh critic. I'm not sure that I would hold him to a level of clutchness based on just one postseason. He was clutch in that postseason, sure, but I don't know if I would consider him a clutch player. Like, did you have confidence in him on Saturday coming up as the, you know, as a as the game is on the line there in that spot, runners on, a chance to do damage and maybe change the game? Did you have confidence in him? Because I didn't. I would have expected more of the double play, more of the result that we got than what, you know, the home run result in that spot. Judge, different story. And you can talk about Judge and not having success in the postseason. I still have more confidence in Judge at the plate. I don't in Stanton for whatever reason. Eric is calling from Ron Conkama. Good morning, Eric. Hey, so good morning. You know, I, I think Judge is probably the best big man home run hitter that I've uh, certainly seen, um, you know, as far as the size of the player. Um, <clears throat> you know, I mean, McGuire obviously was a big guy too, but he definitely got bigger, <laughs> as we know. So, Well, who but, would you say um, is the best home run hitter that you've seen? What is the size? Um, what's the size have to do with it? <clears throat> Um, I, I'd say probably I can go either Griffey Jr. or, or Bonds, you know, before the steroids, you know, right. probably the two, you know, uh, most complete, I think, uh, hitters, uh, that, that, that I remember seeing, um, you know, that, that, that's probably, you know, I mean, you know, minus any, you know, usage or anything. So that, that, that's probably right. where I'd go so far. Until well, think now. about think uh, about how good think think about how good Judge was last year. It was to a point where you almost couldn't help but think, like, is this guy on something because of how yeah, right. ridiculous <laughs> he is? And you know, we know he's clean, but my my God, the uh, the guy is just a beast with the home runs, and he's. I mean, look, he's played eight years. Unfortunately for him, you had a pandemic here and there. You've had some years where he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Just trying to project if he, I mean, he should hit 500 homers, no? I mean, if Judge stays healthy for another eight years, he's going to hit over 500. I wonder if Judge could get to 600 homers. Clean. Yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting to watch. And, and, you know, before I get to the Mets, you know, the, the one thing about him as far as not being healthy, you know, uh, the majority of, of those incidents were, you know, not due to, like, uh, you know, body issues for the most part. They were, you know, hit by a pitch or running into the wall or or something to that effect. You know, which is which is not the uh, the the standard injury that most players go through. So, you know, if if he can avoid, you know, some of that, uh, that should go a long way for him. But uh, you know, the thing about um, Judge too, he's thirty-one already. So I don't know how to. Let's just say if you if he hit fifty each year, average fifty. For the next five years, you're talking about yeah. On top of his 220 right now, yeah. I mean, you're you're probably yeah. He's probably not getting to 600. I I wouldn't think he's gonna have to. I mean, that's only five years that gets him to 36 years of age. I don't know. So he's got 222 now. Let's give him another. Would we say five years at 50? That's 250, right? Um, Right. So 472, 475. Yeah, yeah I mean, he'll get he'll get five hundred. Yeah, yeah, he'll get five hundred, which will be a big deal. I mean, Judge is going to be a whole so family at five hundred. So would you have to? Now I know I know it's probably not the right thing to do, 
But given how late he started, I mean, could you project him being, you know, one of the, you know, assuming he gets to, like, let's say, 520, you know, and, and, and he's, he's done at that point, could you still project him as being one of the best home run hitters of all time? Does how late well, he started? Or... Yeah, that's like, let's see if it compare McGuire, who finished with 583. McGuire started at the and remember too, McGuire was on the juice. Although McGuire did end his career right. at age thirty-seven, All, odds are Judge is going to play longer than that. So McGuire five eighty-three started his career at age twenty-two. Judge started at age twenty-four. Uh, um, so you, you're losing two years there, but uh, two years there, but maybe he gets it on the back end. I don't know. Right. I think it's going to be close. I hope he gets Hard, to six hundred. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. You'd have to let's say he average. So if I give him another, if you say. Think about the. We're talking about averaging fifty, fifty, five yeah. zero a year for five years. Like that's hard to do. Which in itself is a feat. Yeah. Right. Um, right. Okay. Just, just, just real quick. Um, you know, the uh, I, I actually was impressed with the, or happy, I should say, with the the fact that they, you know, the Mets won the series. I know you were saying that, you know, that no one's, you know, really called for that reason. But uh, I mean, just like last year, that 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 was one of my biggest. You know, upsides for the team was that uh, you know just go out and win the series, go out and win the series. You know, you're not going to win every game, but, but you, if you can win the series, you know that, that's how you you know build a nice lead at least for the most part. We know how it ended, but um, you know, but if they can start off that way again, and given you know, I, mean, I can't believe the Phillies are zero three already, and then they got to play the Yankees. You know, so I mean, good could, bury them early. You know, well, that, exactly, yeah. That's exactly where I was going with that, right. So, I mean, if you can put them in a nice little hole to start with, uh, you know, the, all the better. So, uh, you know, it, it'd be nice to see, you know, just, just win the series. I mean, that uh, one game at a time, and then, you know, you win that, and then if you can win, you know, a, a minimum one of the next two, you know, however many, they, you know, they play each opponent, then that, that's fine with me, you know. So, that's, uh, that, that's, that's how I'm looking at it, so. Yeah, get out to a nice early lead, and thank you for the call, Eric. We appreciate checking in. And thank you for the cookies. Eric dropped off uh, a nice little batch of Mets-themed cookies. A little Mary Buckmas one was on there and some Mets stuff yesterday, so we appreciate that, uh, Eric, always coming through. Um, but, yeah, bury the Phillies. <clears throat> Never too early to call a team out of it, right? The NLE's picking up right where it left off, Mets and Braves atop. Mets three and one, of course, of their four game series in Atlanta, uh, two and one, losing the finale of their series to uh, the Nationals, trying to go for the sweep there and couldn't get it done. Phillies got swept by the Rangers. Hey, look, maybe Texas is going to be decent this year with Bochi. Off to a nice start. Nothing really shocking from the standings. I mean, look, it's one weekend. I do love looking at the baseball standings, though, even early on. It's fun. Minnesota 3 and 0. You got the Rays, the Twins, the Rangers, all 3 and 0. And that is it. Everybody else in the National League has a loss. Everybody else in baseball has at least one loss. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now we're coming back on the Bangle at 5 a.m. The warm-up show with Al and Jerry. Just a few minutes away. We'll finish up on the phones here. Hector is calling from Washington Heights. Good morning, Hector. Sal, good morning, my brother. How you doing? Good, Hector. Did you enjoy your first weekend of Mets baseball? Absolutely. Who couldn't have enjoyed that? I mean, I think some people will find reasons not to enjoy it, but I absolutely did. But before we get on that, i got to say, Sal, man, I, I saw the cookies on Twitter. I, I hear you talking to Eric about the cookies, and I even told Eric. I said, man, I'm trying to see these cookies just in pictures. I think you may have to bring a batch of these cookies out here when we go to one of these uh, outings, if it ever happens yeah. to a game or something, so we can have some, uh, so we can all have, uh, you know, yeah. What's going on? Uh, no, you're in the middle of a ride again? No, 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 no ride, no ride. I actually took a break. I pulled over so that we have none of that this time. Oh, all right. <laughs> I thought I heard some noise in the background there, like you're talking to somebody else. Yeah, I mean, what the heck? I don't care. More the the more the merrier. If Eric wants to bring some cookies out, anyway. What do you got for me with the Mets, Hector? No, and you and you also made me nervous there when he brought up the Phillies and all that. I thought you were gonna go on with the whole NL East is over, like first weekend of the season already. I was like, oh, well, God, I mean, it now. is only it is only a oh, half gosh. game lead over the Braves, but but no, it would no, be no, fun to sing that song, it. wouldn't it? Don't you want to do it together? Oh, come on, Hector! Oh, come on! It's only a half game. It's a half game lead, but it is one weekend, and the Mets look pretty good. No, 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 the no, no, NL East is over, over. No, I just love singing that song. By the way, I'm going to wake now, my wife. I, I know you do. I know you do. Trust me, I know you do. But, uh, yeah, let, let, let's not do that. But, no, Sal, man, great weekend. Great weekend, you know. And, listen, man, a lot of, we get nuts as best fans. And, and, you know, I, I'm trying not to get on the negative side so early. And I couldn't believe two games in after the first loss, people were going nuts. People go nuts when they see the lineup and why is Tommy Pham leading off and why is this? And it's like, come on, can we at least, at least see it play out? I understand last year the offense towards the end of the season let us down and, you know, it was disappointing and all that. But we cannot carry that over. I know it's mostly the same guys, but every season is different. It's a new season. Let's see how these guys play out now, you know. And we've seen already. It's, it's a small sample size. But Canada had a big game. You know what I'm saying? Navarre has had some decent games. 
some. I mean, the advisor has been great, actually. I mean, that's well, that's what they. Then, but that's what they do as a team. That's what they're. Exactly. You know, they may not be as top heavy as some of the other loaded offensive teams, but one night it's going to be Narvaez contributing, where it wasn't a catcher at all last year. One night it's going to be Canna. Then it's going to be Lindor and Alonso carrying this team for a while. McNeil is a constant. Brandon Nemo, Tommy Pham. They're a deep, well balanced team. No, that's what it is. But I think sometimes, Scott, we focus, especially when they lose. And, yeah, I get it. There may be a game where the bottom of the lineup is the guys that had the chance to wreck the game or maybe win the game or whatever the case may be, and they don't come through. So it's upsetting. But to focus on them all the time, um, I, I don't think it's right because what you want is just like you said, for them to come through every now and then and maybe win you again like, like Tommy Pham did. And I was so happy with Tommy Pham because, listen, I don't really expect much from him, right? So he, I think you even mentioned that when I was with the whole Darren Ruff thing, well, you might have brought a Vogel back. But when he touched on Tommy Pham, I just like that he brings that dog mentality that I yeah. felt that this team needed for so long. So whatever he gives me on the field is a bonus. Not saying that I, don't want, him, I want him to be a total zero, but I don't expect him to be the, one of the everyday guys that's going to come out here and win the ball games. You know what I'm saying? I um, think Pham's a ball player. He fam's a I ball so player. He's too, a no. Sir. He's a no nonsense. Well, he, had a, he had a slow spring training, and people were going nuts. Yeah, because people are insane. You can't take any stock in a spring training. And thank you for the call, Hector. Appreciate checking in this morning. You can't put any stock in spring training numbers from anybody. It's worthless. Not quite as worthless as the WBC, but it's worthless. Just kidding. Tommy Fam's a, a proven vet. He's got that. You're right. He's got that dog mentality. He's a no nonsense competitor, and a guy who can play. He's a a legit veteran major leaguer. I love guys like that. He's never going to be a superstar, but you know what you're getting with him, a guy that can contribute when asked to play. And good for Buck. You know, people going nuts, and I get it. My first instinct too is like, already Marte's out of the lineup, already Nimmo's out of the lineup, but Buck likes to get these guys in nice and early. Get him some playing time. And keep other guys fresh in the same token, I guess. But I do believe it's more about getting guys in than it is about getting guys rest. Big party calling from Long Island. Where the party at? <laughs> What's going on? It's on the phone, man. Obviously with you, Sal. What's going you know on, it. brother? How are you? All right, good. So check it out. So you were talking about the Stanton home run today that happened earlier or yesterday. Um I was at City Field, Subway Series, sitting in the Coke deck or the Coke corner, and Judge hit a shot off of Gus Selman, 2017, third deck by five, by the 536 section. <laughs> My, it was insane, and you could you could Google it, check it out on YouTube. It's there. Cespedes just didn't even turn around. He knew right off, right <laughs> off the bat. He, he just stayed looking at judge doing his home run trot and when they replay it several times different angles they show that that ball hit like that what separates i guess the the 500 lower premium seats to the higher nosebleeds 500 seats and uh it was an amazing shot and i think they said it was about 450 or 480 or something like that but if you look at that and you think of where home plate is in 530 section 536 that's insane. So when you get a chance, yeah. check it out. I was gonna, I was gonna send you the clip, but I can't find you on Instagram. So 
Oh, no, I'm not on Instagram. Less social media for me. And thanks for the call, Big Party. We appreciate checking in. I mean, look, yeah, there have been some bombs hit, of course. And everybody's going to remember certain ones from games that they've been at or whatever. But just seeing that stand one, there are, when you watch a stadium regularly or, or baseball being played at a stadium regularly, the way that we do with both the Yankees and the Mets, and you see a ball hit where Stanton hit his yesterday, that is like jaw dropping. Wow. And that's what that was. Could not believe where that ball landed. And then a lot of times I've seen balls hit and you think, man, that was a shot. And then the measurement comes back and it's like, oh, 450 or 460. And you're like, how's that add up? That had to be 500 feet, which is why I really don't put much stock in those measurements. You know, I don't know how exactly they do it or whatever, but... When that one came back yesterday at 485, it at least measured up to what you would expect off the bat, the way that that ball was hit and where it landed. My goodness, just a shot. Now, look, what does it mean? Nothing. I mean, two runs, right? It's not, you, don't get, uh, you don't get points or runs for distance, but it was one of the longest shots that I've seen. As for the gram, I'm not on there. No chance. And a matter of fact, I'm starting to... Pretty soon, you're not going to be able to get me on Twitter either. This is going to be the exclusive place to get at me. And you're only going to have to call. No, I don't want any social media. Just trying to figure a way out of it. Anyway, that does it for us. Thanks to Manny Rodriguez, who did a great job on the other side, phone in for Fleegs, helping us out all morning long. Thanks to everybody who listened and everybody who called. Thank you for taking the time to call and for taking the time to listen. I appreciate each and every one of you. Be back again tomorrow morning, 2 a.m., to talk more Mets and Yankees. Isn't this great baseball season? Enjoy the rest of your Monday. The warm-up show with Alan Jerry. That's next. We'll see you later. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.